Now it's time to preview Blackheart Bar Stakes Day, Belmont on Saturday. So we're recording. It's 10.30am uh, on Thursday, September 24. Nine races, Belmont this Saturday. We have Northern Racing on Sunday and we're back at Belmont for Monday's Queen's birthday public holiday meeting. So Fedasat's going to be full on over the next three to four days. Guru? Yeah, it's all happening. So this is our this will be our final Belmont preview, won't it? Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Because obviously we're not doing the Monday. So yeah, no, I'm um Kalgoorlie and it's straight to Ascot the week after. So yeah, the next time well probably next time we're doing a, a podcast be our opening day at Ascot. And um gee, looking forward to uh looking forward to getting back to, to headquarters. But uh this is a great card to to send out Belmont. Absolutely. So stay tuned throughout the uh, one one the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind Competition and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes Competitions, respectively. My pre-markets preview, the leg up, that was released at 7 a.m. this morning. So if you're looking for a written preview, jump on bestbets.com.au. It can also be found on the Ozrace website. While Terry and Daniel Cripps, lethal combination they are. They are, uh, have you recorded the Wild West, or uh, you'll be recording no, it no, today? No, we're going to um, yeah, we're going to quarantine ourselves. We might even go back to the dome. A few people found it quite humorous listening to the crying children in the in the dome. So that was probably <laughs> because they were backing our uh, suggestions. Um, so we might go back to the. Uh, we might. It's thirty degrees today, so we're going to have to get out. So we might even just just go rigs out. I think for the magnificent. Um, Get, get down the beach, perhaps, yeah, and record it. But no, that'll be recorded uh, this afternoon. And um, we kicked off, uh, we got a winner in Origin yesterday. It was a shame that the money came. We tipped it at about three bucks. But uh, Fiery Water went forward as we hoped and led and got the job done. So um, we're sitting, well, we're back to fifth of five, but we should be back to fourth or third. But we're on the cusp. I think uh, we agree on one pretty strongly, um, this card. So that'll be, uh, that'll be our go again. So let's hope we can get WA in its right position on top of the ladder yeah up the sand gropers so if you want to catch the wild west the video preview from terry and daniel jump on the betfair hub that's betfair.com.au while all the betfair state of origin competition details and updates is available on the website as well as well as the betfair australia twitter feed where can all our listeners find the one one terry BJ, thanks for asking, actually, BJ. The one one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. All right. So it's a magnificent day in Perth, oh. Western Australia today. What are what, what's happening over the next couple of days, Terry? Is it going to are we going to maintain this beautiful spring weather, or uh, is there a bit of a uh, bit of drizzle heading our way? Well, it's about uh, 11 p.m. The rain's going to come. I've actually got a little date on the rain on beach. We'll discuss how that goes next week. Uh, so we're about the rain's going to come in at about 11 o'clock, so Friday night, um, and we're going to see a consistent drizzle until I'd say probably five, six, seven o'clock on the Saturday. What it sounds like. So we're gonna we're gonna have a wet track during the meet, but um, it hasn't. It's not going to be rain that has uh been torrential all uh all week so i going back to the true pad we haven't raced there for about a month or so we haven't been at that the true position since the 29th the 8th so yeah the best part of a month played pretty fair that day um but i mean yeah it, it's guesswork when we're um, when we're going back to that pad for the first time in so long but i'm just going to allow for a completely fair track bj so last week you did throw a stat our way regarding leaders 
at mm-hmm. at Belmont, yes. and we had a, a leader yes. win yesterday, Fiery Water. We did, we did. Uh, it was the leaders. What was that over? What was the journey of that one? The twelve hundred. It was leaders over twelve hundred, though. That's right. That's that was right. the statistics. So uh, it has. Uh, there hasn't been. Your usual, uh, the usual pattern of, of a couple of, uh, especially and all the leaders that have won at the shorter journeys um, have been pretty well in the market too. So um, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know really what to, to put it down to because wind conditions, rail positions, um, weather, it's all been different. There's no, been no sort of uh, constant in why that's occurring. But um, look, back to the true pad. We do know when it goes back to the true pad on occasion, it can play rail really heavy. Mm-hmm. Not expecting that at this, at this stage of the season, but um, you want to be wary about it just in case. Okay, let's get cracking, Terry. Race one is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Maiden over 1,200 metres. But on a on a day uh, of uh, very interesting, <laughs> competitive, high-quality horse flesh, low-key start, I would say, to the day. Yeah, this is, uh, this is this is pretty thin. It's a really thin maiden, too. It's not just a maiden. It's a thin maiden. Um, no, not much for me here. The only horse that looks like it might have some upside, and I really liked uh, her first up run. I think most people end up having this horse on top by default is a horse that uh, I'm surprised is racing on a Saturday, and that's Wednesday, BJ. <laughs> Yeah, really good. Looked pretty green on debut when um, not not getting the best of starts. Found some trouble in the straight. Hit the line nicely. And what I think will end up being a stronger maiden. So, yeah, Wednesday's a horse that's probably got the upside here. Just a little um, shout out to Jared Noski, who's training and riding. First time we've seen uh, trainer-rider combo. I guess Michelle Hagley's been doing a bit up in the dirt but uh, Kira Yule did it with a um, with a couple as well but good luck to to Jared Noski um, embarking on his training career but uh, I'm going to stay out here BJ Wednesday the obvious Darcel clear second pick but no this is thin very thin I'm I'm with you mate I think this is a good race for Wednesday Comes out of a better maiden, I feel, on debut. I think the 1,000 first up, rising to 1,200 suits. Nice low draw for Stevie Punner. The Cliffy Green runners are uh, performing quite admirably mm. recently. I'm not that keen mm-hmm. to play, but from a tipping point of view, I think Wednesday will beat Darcel and maybe Devil's Dust and Ruby Chino fighting it out for third and fourth. But Wednesday for me as well. Now, this is more like it, oh, isn't it? Race this two? Is, this is. This is, uh, yeah, this is a cracker. From a speed map point of view, so we're over the 1,000 metres here for the um, for the three-year-olds. You can't jump into this race with supreme confidence because we just simply don't know how Gemma's son's going. Yeah. Um, very interesting not to trial uh, Gemma's son on return here. Can either probably view that as the fact that David Harrison thinks that um, – He's flying, or perhaps he doesn't really want to waste one of uh, one run in a trial. Wants to give him a shorter campaign. I'm not too sure exactly what the thought process is here, but from a map point of view, where are you expecting Gemma Sun to get? Thought long and hard about this. Mm. I could imagine you did. Did it keep you up last night? <laughs> I reckon he leads. Yeah. Initially, I thought Brooklyn Pier would lead, mm-hmm. but then um, then I've got the impression that Christy Bennett, just let him roll. He's a big, strong horse. I'd be surprised if they'd sit outside Brooklyn Pier with Stevie Parnham raiding Brooklyn Pier. I think Gemma's son rolls to the front and leads. Yeah, it's definitely probably the most likely outcome that Gemma's son goes to the top and leads. And if Gemma's son goes to the top and leads, you're talking Friday night probably ends up three back the fence. Um, on the back of Brooklyn Pier. It's a difficult spot there for uh, for Friday night, especially with Dunbar, I presume, will be sitting outside of Friday night, potentially with Starfield Impact in the breeze, our Danny 1-1. Um, I think it'll work out something like that. I'm, you got to remember, Gemma's son has sat in the past, and if Christy doesn't get it out too well, that ride on Patristic 
for Christy last week. That was a genuine 10 out of 10. So I, I love the fact that she had a plan B because I still think that they, the intention there was to lead. But after Patricia didn't jump well, um, she's taken a sit. And I think we might see something here on Gemma's son if they don't jump, jump too well. I don't think they're going to be desperate to sort of sool um, him around them to find the top. But cracking, cracking, cracking little race. What do you think? Do you think, do you think Brooklyn Pier will hold up? I think I think Steve Parnell will be happy to hold up, but he'd be also happy to follow the blueprint from the victory over Matatorio yeah. Yeah. last week. But I'm really interested with Gemma Sun returning. Interesting statistic, and I know you're big on my statistics, BJ, but uh, how many horses from the Karakata have come back and uh, performed up to the level we expected? The answer is not many. Um, you've got Watch Me Dance, who came back and... Little bit flat behind Clairvoyance, couldn't run into second place. Dark Assault ran no. third, hasn't had didn't come back all that well. Starfield Impact hasn't come back as as good a horse. Is plodding away and running okay races, hasn't come back um, that good a horse. Dom to shoot uh, has come back and looked good. Um, I don't think yep. that was Chris Parnham's best a week ago. Our Danny's come back looking okay, and then the horses which ran thirteenth and fourteenth timescale in Brooklyn Pier are the only two horses yep. to have come back and won from the Karakata, which yeah. was now six months ago. So I'm big on really wanting to see these two year olds turn up and run, and I, I'm always going to take them on um, on return. So for me, it's Friday night here. Um, I'm really would love to see Brooklyn Pier hold up, and um, Jordan Turner will be able to take the back of the leader with a horse like Starfield Impact and the Breeze, which allows Jordan Turner to push out, even if it is. Gemma Sun in the breeze. Um, I think Jordan will be able to push out under Christy Bennett. Uh, it's easier to push out under some of the apprentices. But um, yeah, I think what we saw from Friday night was enough to speculate at something near three bucks, BJ. Yeah, it's a, this Christy Bennett booking on Gemma Sun is one of a number of three kilo claimers on fancied runners that we're going to be covering in the preview. There's quite a few. So the Betfair exchange is going to be a fascination on the day whether people will be taking on these, uh, the likes of Christy Bennett and Maddie Derrick with their riding some of the fancied runners throughout the day. This is a good booking from Harrison, though. Uh, with, for a horse that you want to jump and run, I'm always happy to use your claim. Yep. Some of the ones we'll get to later are very interesting bookings from Bob, of all people, on a on Sit and Sprinters. We saw Maddie on Bogart yesterday, and Bogart was well supported, and I, I struggled to find how that money was coming for a horse who notoriously is quite difficult to ride, gets back in races. Yeah. Yep. Uh, needs to be, you know, you need needs to be really astutely steered. And um, Gemma Sun is, is a smart booking, I think, from David Harrison. Um, good claim, 58 and a half, only gets in a tick above Dunbar. Yeah, it, it's a nice spot, but how well has he came back? Mm. Okay, so yeah, I'm with you. I, I uh, was obviously pretty keen on Friday night on debut, did a lot wrong, uh, but um, very raw, but obviously... He uh, he'll be better for the for the race experience. The closing speed he showed on that on that day is, is suggests how um, how much of an engine he does possess. I uh, I actually think that Dunbar is the biggest danger to Friday night. He's unbeaten in his two two old starts last prep, and it's very unusual to see a Cerise and White Peter's Investments runner have two starts as a two year old. He won them both. What did you think about the trial? The final 60, 70 metres of the trial, I thought Chris asked for a little effort and I thought Shackleton, who has been off the circuit for a couple of years, I thought Shackleton went to the line better than Dunbar. Maybe that's something to say for Shackleton, I think it's going around on Monday, but um, yeah, that was my yeah. only sl slight concern there. Um, I've got I've got Dunbar second in line as well, Yeah, but that was yeah. my only slight concern, that final 60, 70 metres in the trial where the, where the Dunbar really attacked the line. So, yeah, cracking race to view and see how these, uh, these two gun now three-year-olds come back yeah and, and we know what what the 
Peter's horses do in their three-odd seasons. And um, this horse just must be a little bit different from the mould of his usually classic style three-year-olds in that he had those two wins in May, put away back for a, uh, I guess, potential Guineas campaign. I'm uh, I'm expecting Chrissy Parnham to sit back and watch everything unfold and bring him with one crack at him late. Yep. But for me, I, I think Friday night, hopefully that full race day experience just sharpens him up a bit from the lower jaw Geordie Turner can hopefully be a bit more positive be a bit closer in running and uh yeah if he's within striking distance I think Friday night has the closing speed to get it done Dunbar launching late I'm happy to take on Gemma's son first up no trial with Christy Bennett in the saddle yep I'm with you so we're tipping Wednesday in the first Friday and the second that's it mm. <laughs> Uh, Friday on my mind. So we've got uh, race three, Glenroy Chaff Handicap. It's uh, another race for the three-year-old set weights and penalties. This doesn't have the same amount of class, I would <laughs> say. Fair enough to say, Terry? Yeah, I was getting interested to say how you were going to word that. No, these are, this is two $70,000, well, last time it was the mile, but this time the 1,400-metre three-year-old middle distance race. Uh, that is pretty ordinary. So... Um, we we were both pretty keen on off we go, um, and uh, and he got the chockies a um, and off he went, off he went exactly right. Nice steer from yeah. CJP, a nice patient steer. Didn't beat much that day though, and the drop down to fourteen hundred is of concern. But geez, this isn't this isn't very deep, is it? Do you think they're going to back up surveillance after he ran second to Outback Jack yesterday? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But I reckon um, they will. I reckon they yeah, will. if if they do, I don't think it matters all that much to be honest with you. If if they do or if they don't, it wasn't a bad effort in front of Outback Jack. Outback Jack's got a fair bit of scope, and that might be a reasonable form line. But just the way this race looks to me on paper, um, if you run this race six seven times, you might get six seven different results. So yeah. I think Chicklet will come a long way forward. There was a month between runs between that second to Kerman Rock, who while that was only in a three year old maiden at Northern that. Kerman Rock form now looks pretty good. He's going to be all right, Kerman Rock, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yep. So um, I think that Chicklet will be uh, a lot fitter. While he only did fall in over Reciting and Fiery Bay, that form line hasn't actually been franked all that well. Reciting was very poor yesterday and um, and Fiery Bay only went so-so uh, since. So that form hasn't uh, hasn't been super frank, but Chicklet should come on from that outing. It was a month between runs due to a minor setback. They're actually going to trial instead of racing, but they opted for the for the race when they got the low draw but haven't got much interest unfortunately here bj uh what did you think of the run of precautionary first up mm. on the quick backup i thought the the run was full of merit indigo blue so i didn't dom to shoot i didn't i don't think i had a bet in the race and at the 250 i thought this should be all over precautionary with the 51 after dom to shoot had sat deep with the 59 and a half indigo blue was ridden against Patton from her debut i I don't know. I thought Precautionary was entitled to win from that position. From Barrier 1 with BBE on board, I can see Precautionary being three or four back the fence here. That's a really difficult steer for a young apprentice um, on a sit and sprinter. Mm. So even if all the gaps do appear, I don't know if Precautionary is good enough. She probably is. She's probably, again, you run this race six times, she wins at one of those six potentially. But um, I just see there being a lot of trouble, three or four back the fence for uh, for young Bo. It's a difficult steer. I'm, su I'm surprised... It's a race you'd use a claimer and a horse you'd use a claimer on when you're getting in with the 54. It looks like a good seniors ride to me. So difficult steer. I'm sticking with off we go. Mm -hmm. Just been really impressed with the way that he's attacked the line in his last two wins. And the, it's been franked by the sectional times, the, the data as well, that um, just he's just been flying late in his races, coming off um, soft tempos and just exploding. From two, CJP can fall out. They can go around him, but he's, he might even be able to hold 
maybe a midfield running position from two without wasting any fuel at all. I don't think he has to go all the way back. So I'm, I'm expecting him to be maybe fifth, sixth in running. And from there, even the way last start, he was sort of angling, angling, trying to get out. And then once he got out, I like the way that this horse sort of lowered, lengthened and um, collared surveillance late. It was, uh, I was quite impressed. So off we go is uh, going to get us. A nice run in transit. CJP, very few riding better than him at the moment. The horse is obviously in a really good space, just the way that he's letting down. I think he's going to let down strongest as well. Precautionary for me was the main danger. My, my view was a little bit different to yours, Terry. I just thought that it was a sit and sprint nature of the race. Last start had precautionary bottled up and just got out sprinted. I thought her final 200 was... Was pretty good on on the day. Pretty good. From if she if Bo can can maybe hold leaders back from gate one, that'd be a good position for her. Hopefully, she can angle out into space and, and impact. And then I've got Captain Burglar and Chicklet, as Terry said. There's quite a few winning chances if uh, if the planets align for those particular horses on the day. Then they're they're going to be hard to beat as well. But both of them are going to probably get backish, I think, from their from their draws and are going to be coming with. Off we go. Can they out sprint? Off we go. I find that highly unlikely. The only other runner who might get under the guard of a few is You Do You. Didn't mind this horse's first up performance behind Triple Missile, who goes good midweek. You Do You, Justin Warwick, Lucy Warwick from three might be able to run a cheeky race at a price. But for me, off we go. Wins again. Very good. Only other run I want to mention was the other Justin Warwick runner, and there's your trouble. Um, was scratched midweek. Um, interestingly to be safe for this. They probably saw the depth to this race, but um, I really like the trial. Uh, I actually didn't mind the trial when when, um, when she ran last back in May as well, but I liked her trial when Lucy Warwick led on her. Obviously, Lucy's riding the other Warwick runner, which would probably be an indication that might be the pick of the two from the yard. Um, but first up, you can put a line through that run against Brooklyn Pier. was snagged from the awkward gate. Just... Paddy Carberry was more interested in keeping Friday night in a pocket rather than letting the horse yeah, race truly. Yeah. Probably should have snagged and just jumped yeah. on the back of Friday night and it would have taken him into the race. Yeah. So uh, you can just completely forget she went around. I'm not taking the 20 bucks on offer, but this is one of those ones I think will probably sneak out to 50, 60 to 1 on the exchange late and easily can have something at that price small. Just under the speculation that a lot of Warwick runners do improve when they step up in journey. And I did like that trial. So look, if we're seeing $40 plus late, I'll be having something very small on There's Your Trouble from a good gate. Yeah, it's good. it's almost the map horse, isn't it? Especially yep. considering yep. how it showed gate speed in its trial. Might be no good, but we're going to get we're going to get the price to speculate on it. So something small. Very good. All right, race four is the Sea Court handicap over two thousand meters. Now we um, everyone was sort of waiting and uh, hoping that leading girl was going to put it all together, and she certainly did last start with uh, a booming finish to win over a mile at her fourth run into her comeback campaign. Now she gets her first crack at 2,000 metres, is going to have to come from last, I would say, again, jumping from barrier 11. Um, however, just the way that she won the other day, it's no surprise to see her come up as the odds-on favourite in race four of the day. Terry, can you find anything to beat leading girl? Oh, look, I wanted to. Um, we often yep. speak about, we, we try to get things beaten, but with this map from the 11, I thought this is sticky and this, this could be quite troublesome for her, but 
Abel Dane, brother's keeper, played the fifth. Your obvious speed. Nida Roo's drawn wider than all those with the 60 and a half. So Lucy will come across and, and try and land on the speed somewhere. It's it's weak speed. It's really, really yep. weak speed. They should be gone on the turn. Horses like Gunner Go, um, double digit doesn't mean jumping very well. So he hasn't been able to utilize the gates. And that was the problem last week with double digits. Paddy Shadow to a degree. It's going to be nice horses to bring leading girl into this race. The, the Peters mares, they tend to stay more often than not when getting up to a journey as well. You can, you can trust it. I usually like to take horses on having their first go um, over a journey. Truly great was one we saw come out first go over a journey and sort of win like wink. Sentimental Queen midweek a couple of weeks ago, albeit didn't go on with it yep. yesterday, despite the race really being um, set up for her. But um, no, look, I, I think I think leading girl is going to be awfully hard to beat. I've marked her a dollar eighty five, currently pretty close to that mark. Um, look, Mackenzie Brook was really good, but I don't think it's a Maddie Derrick horse. It's a, it's an odd booking from Durant again um, for a horse that's going to get back and, and want to run on. Gonna go double digit, same same stuff every week. Nuiteru better suited getting up to. A journey with a more even tempo. He'll actually um, be one horse that loves the addition of Abel Dane here. Yep. Paddy Shadow is yep. pretty close to a peak performance. But probably needs a one more run stepping up from the 14 to the 2000. But no, I can't see myself getting involved here, BJ. I think Leading Girl will um, will get the journey. I think Leading Girl will win, but um, even money won't even get me for a horse having her first go at the journey. Yeah, I was exactly the same price as you, Terry. $1.85 for Leading Girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm suspecting there's going to be people who have – Hold similar views to you, Terry. Do you, do you think that on the Betfair Exchange there might be a bit of even money floating around? Potentially, there there isn't a, there isn't mm. a huge amount of other money horses in the race. I think people yeah. are getting sicker back yeah. in Gunna Go. Um, when we saw Leading Girl trade, what did Leading Girl trade last week on the exchange? I think about a dollar fifty from memory uh, a fortnight ago sorry and I thought that was thin um, we knew that she was going to have to get back to last chase a horse like um, uh, Mrs Brown's boy uh, which she did it was strike force actually which gave a nice kick and ran second leading girl has been super popular every start I mean you look at those runs against Lonsdale Lady Comfort Me horses where who can be supported and she still traded at $1.70 $1.80 so look there'll be a yep. couple willing to take her on at the journey for the first time but I don't know if we're going to get a fancy price in the exchange like. Yeah, so leading girl should be winning. Yeah, you're right. These Peter's investments, mares and stayers, as soon as they see a distance with the two in front of them, they just jump out of the ground, don't mm -hmm. they? So good luck holding her out, I would have thought. Mackenzie Brook was so, – oh, geez, that was a good <laughs> that was a good performance. First up, 2,200 metres, stretching the uh, race fit in form, Montalina the whole way. I, I would have loved to have seen them keep Johnston Porter – on board, Maddie Derrick, Mackenzie Brook. I don't know. Did you see the tempo of that race? Because it's it's a great effort to get a stay first up and run such a big race, but it became a lot easier when they went. Um, I think they went so about, slowly. Oh, I think they went about yeah. twenty five below bench to the to the turn. So I mean, that's 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 madness, especially with Nuwaru in front. Like, what's what's Nuwaru's strength? And what's a, what's the strength of a Justin Warwick runner? It's to it's to bowl him along and um and to make it a true staying test. So I found that. Very, very odd um, how farcically that was run. It was probably their one chance to maybe stretch Montalina. They went 29.9 lengths below benchmark to the 600. Yeah. How's that? And no questions asked, no mm. doubt. I mean, I think Mackenzie Brook ran home 33.78 at the end of 2200, so, yeah. which is a rarity. Yeah. But uh, so I, I get your point there. That was, um, it was basically track work, <laughs> mm. track work and then sprint home. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I don't know about uh, junior rider on Mackenzie Brook on Saturday. Nuada is the interesting runner. He's, he's building towards something. I think he's going to cause an upset some stage soon. Yeah, I agree. The 60 and a half is such a leveler, isn't it? 
Just yeah. such a leveler. Yeah. With that 60 and a half, you'd love to see a heavier jockey, a Paul Harvey, a Mitch Pateman, a big, strong jockey um, who, who sort of, you know, has a, has a catch weight of 56, 57 as is. So. Yeah, I reckon if Paul Harvey was on it, I might even be willing to entertain. Yeah, and that, Yeah, just I just feel as though something's brewing with Noir Daru and the tempo, as you said, the tempo here with um, Abel Dane, Brothers Keeper, Plead the Fifth, I think it's just going to be, it's going to be there for Noir Daru to, to show some cheek. What Lucy should be able to do is tuck into something close to a 1-1 here and probably be yep. the first horse to get going. I'd love to see Nwadaru on what should be a hotter-than-average tempo. I'd love to see Nwadaru get rolling even at the 8, not even the 6, even, even at the 8, and make it into a true staying test and say, well, can you catch me, um, leading girl? But yeah. I, 100% Nwadaru is building towards something. Um, the efforts, dropping back to the mile, 2.4 off leading girl, is a nice effort. Like on the surface, watching it aesthetically, it's not that big a run, but Nwadaru's strength is to grind and grind and grind. So it's just yeah. a 60 and a half, yeah. um, which I think will, will probably catch him out here. Yeah, as you said, they need to take leading girl into the trenches and just see what she's made of. Exactly right. Make her beat you. If you, uh, if you suck back and, and uh, you know, wait, she's going to zap you, leading girl. So um, no doubt they'll be aggressive on Nwadaru when the uh, when the time is right and um, make things very interesting for leading girl. But I uh, still think the recent White will come out on top. Now... It is time for the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Was I the only one that got three from three last week? Yes. Oh. Yeah, that was um, very well done by you. Michael Heaton was off the bridle big time. I think his, I think his answer to who rode gangbuster to win the Boulder Cup, you'll love this, was Randy Tan. So. <laughs> What's it, Randy? <laughs> Randy. Very good. I like that. I like that. So that was a bit of a throwback, but yes, yeah, you, you did you, you did very well, Guru. So um, very mastermind like from you. Now, the Mundaring has been the heart of the hill since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a one-one listener. Anyone who's travelling to and from Northam on the on Sunday. Yeah, drop into the Mundaring, check it out. It's a fantastic venue. So the first time we had joint winners of the WA Racing Mastermind last week, Tim Wheelow and Matt Sheridan, they both received a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. So congratulations to Tim and Matt. Now, with Saturday's meeting being the first running of the Black Art Bart Stakes, we've gone with some Bart-themed quiz questions this week, Terry. So you ready to go? I'm ready, always ready. This will, uh, this will test you. Question one. At what venue did Blackheart Bart win his first race and who was the jockey? Okay, I got the jockey. At what venue? I think it took him 10 starts to win his maiden, Blackheart Bart. Incredible. There's some good stories like that, the Trap for Fools stories about winning a Kalgoorlie maiden 12 months later, winning a G1 in Melbourne. Yep, yep. Okay, got it. Question two. Mm -hmm. The Underwood Stakes is on at Caulfield this Saturday. Blackheart Bart raced in the Underwood four times. How many did he win? Yep. Question number three. Which of these jockeys didn't win a race aboard Blackheart Bart? Pat Carberry, Sean Mears, or Mitchell Pateman? Mm. Okay. They are the three questions 
punters. So if you would like to be crowned this week's mastermind, please direct message your answers to us on Twitter at the one one pod. If you miss those questions, as always, we'll put them on our Twitter feed. So please enter and then you can be in the running for a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Very good. All right. Race five is the Vale Keith Watson Senior Handicap. Ratings 78 plus 1,600 metres. Before we start this race, mm-hmm. Terry, Keith Watson Sr.'s funeral will be on at Ascot Racecourse tomorrow. I imagine a large gathering will uh, pay their respects to the champion jockey and real character of the game, Keith Watson Sr. And yeah, just a shout out to the Watson family and one of my good friends, childhood friend, Keith Watson Jr., Keith's son, he is a part owner of Red Can Man who uh, is one of the main major players in the uh, Black Art Bart Stakes later in the program. So shout out to everyone connected to the family and all the uh, all Keith Watson Sr.'s friends. And, yeah, he will uh, will be celebrating his um, his life and times at uh, Ascot Racecourse Funeral tomorrow. Well said, BJ. Good luck to connections with Red Can Man as well. Now, race five on the day. Yeah, we um, have another interesting riding engagement. Maddie Derrick, we're going to be talking about Maddie a lot on the show. Uh, she is aboard the favourite. Money matters for Adam Durant has uh, has displayed supreme faith in um, Maddie Derrick, who uh, who has obviously rides a lot of winners, but she's going to be put under the spotlight on, on this feature race day. She, uh, she's been given the gun ride on the $2.30 favourite, Money Matters. What do you think about this race? How's it going to play out? Well, the speed map's obviously the the integral aspect here. I mean, Money Matters is jumping from 1,200 metres up to the mile. With Maddie going on, you'd suspect the only thought process would be we want to lead this. We don't want to over-complicate over the ride and hand up and turn it into something different. But I mean... Stepping up to the mile, and, and Money Matters' only previous effort at the mile did win a listed race. That was a weak uh, listed race. Lex Piper, from memory. Um, yep. There just has to be a query on... And it was a 10 out of 10 from CJP on the day. Absolutely perfect. It certainly right was. Well. It certainly was. So there has to be a query at the mile. There has to be a query on the map too, because fair scenario from Barrier 6, I don't think that they'll have... A fair scenario is really pinging the lids um, at the moment too. So I think they're only... Thought possible be we, we want to get across money matters if possible here, so it'll be really really interesting to see how that um that map plays out early because they won't want to get into a war with a horse who might be suspect at the mile at this stage of his prep, so they won't want to make it a a, a hard run mile either. So you might even see money matters end up on the back. A fair scenario. Um, I'm expecting Bow Count to be ridden more aggressively as well from from Barrier Five. Didn't settle on the back of the leader last start, so they might shelve that sort of plan. Um, and on top of that, you got Strike Force, Harry Thomas, Snow Chino, who I think was ridden cold on purpose in that small field last start yep. out, um, and Mrs. Brown's boy, who I expect to be ridden quieter after not going probably as yes. well as I expected, bowling along. I thought that were the right tactics. It just probably didn't go as well as expected. Um, but it's very, very, very interesting map. I'm this is the type of horse I like to take on, BJ. I mean, you're talking two dollars thirty, apprentice going on. Some queries on the map, some query getting the mile. Not doubting Money Matters is the best horse in this race, but um, just the race yeah. to me looked completely set up for uh, Uka Loki. I was hoping we'd see a slightly better quote than the current quote. What were you sort of thinking? Uh, in a 96% market, I've got Utgard Loki four bucks. So the 480 or so is still enough and still above my price. I just thought this is one I might see six dollars each way, seven dollars each way for. Him. Yeah, I thought he was a. I thought he was a five dollar mm. chance, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. This is another race. It'll be really interesting to see what the market does late with Betfair with uh, Money Matters because. Yep. 
data-wise, I'm presuming Money Matters would be a very, very strong horse here. Has the best figures in the race. The claim should only assist on paper in that sense. But um, yeah, there has to be some some real question marks regarding uh, the map, as we just discussed. So look, for me, it's it's an easy selection. Look, like you would love six dollars each way late. Um, I don't, not a big each way play when we're talking even money money back type thing where this just looks such a nice setup for a horse who hit the line so well over the 1200 the mile should be a go lockies pet journey and it just on paper it just looks the perfect setup for um for this bloke third up from little let up yeah i'm with you there i concur Woodguard loki thought that 1200 meter second up run was significant with the blinkers going on drops from 60 down to 57 and a half gets the right run from gate four Justin and Lucy Warwick combining. He should be should be just about ready to produce a peak performance now at this stage of his campaign. Loves the 1,600 metres as well. So I, uh, I'm with you. I'm happy to take on Money Matters. Money Matters is obviously the the class horse of the race. He's gone 1,000, 1,000, 1,000 to kick off his campaign and then he ran in that 1,200-metre race last Saturday that was fought out by Celebrity Queen and uh, Cliffs of Comfort. Such a tough effort carrying five and a half more than – to future stars to only be beaten a length. I thought, I thought, that, was, super, yeah, I thought that was a super, super, super run. So um, interesting where they're going with Money Matters. Is it a Hannon's Handicap potentially on the horizon over the 1,400 in a... Um- Nominations will be released 3 o'clock Perth time tomorrow afternoon. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see whether Money Matters and Massimo are among the nominations as yeah. well. Both horses engaged at Belmont on Saturday. So that'll throw a bit of a spanner in the works if that is the case. We might see an L scratching, you think. But potentially, mm. I, I imagine they're going to have a look at the noms, see what the uh, assess the strength of the race, the gates, that sort of stuff. And um, if it's suitable, then they, they might want to have a crack at the 100,000-plus uh, race in Kalgoorlie next yep. Thursday. That actually hadn't factored that in. That does make complete and utter sense. I didn't realize how close the Kalgoorlie trip was. I was just saying then it was going to back up in the Annans. That's backing up for five days. So uh, late scratching is, is a big, 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 big chance here. And then you're talking, okay, Lockie comes into $2.80 type thing, which is probably a hard price to take, but uh, still does look a standout for me. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if this is just a bit of a backup plan for Adam Durant on Saturday. Clint Johnston-Porter is riding Friar-esque for Lids Strempel. So... Just keep an eye on this field um, over the next day or two, punters, to to see whether there's any scratchings. But for me, I think this is set up nicely for Udgod Loki in full agreement with the Guru. Mrs. Brown's boys, Snow Chino, are, um, have their best form, put some, put some right in the finish as well. But if there's going to be a horse to knock off Money Matters, I reckon it's going to be Utgard. Really interesting. Just having a look now, actually, BJ, uh, in Money Matters, 13 career starts, has carried 60 twice, 59 and a half twice, never claimed. So I right. think it might be a bit of a point. They might have said to Clint, look, we're probably a, a 3% chance of running in this race perhaps. So um, jag another, Take another ride. ride if you like. yeah. I, I can't see any reason they would have used the claim now suddenly. Um, it's a horse that's carried weight. And those two occasions, uh, he carried the 61 as well. So, yeah, I think we're going to see him withdrawn here. And probably a uh, improved run from Harry Thomas as well. Not that he went poorly first up, comes back in class. Um, Chloe has a party is a good good booking. Harry Thomas's form last preparation was outstanding, especially when you line it up against some of these horses. So he, he's a likely improver second up. So yep. Alrighty, race six is the Vale Nino Buratovic handicap now. From memory, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but Nino when I when I was coming through the ranks, Terry. Mm. Um, Nino owned a 
horse, it might have even bred this horse as well, by the name of Concrete Crusher. And I always remember it was such a crack it, cracking name. And mm. Nino was a um, had a concrete and construction business, I'm pretty sure. And um, anyway, yeah, Concrete Crusher was a was an excellent stayer. Back in the mid to late 90s, he won a Diana Stakes, Basket Gold Cup, a Northern Cup, a Helena Vale Cup, a Winter Cup, ran in a Perth Cup as well. He was an outstanding stayer. I think you, Nino might have had him as a private stallion as well. So, mm. um, yeah, just a little flashback there to um, to Concrete Crusher and, the, and Nino Buratovic, and uh, we are celebrating his life and times with um, Race 6 at Belmont on Saturday. This is a wide-open graduation handicap over the 1,600 metres. Looks like there's over half the field, you could probably say, has a genuine chance of winning the race. For me, I settled on moderator. I thought he was uh, he was most unlucky in a similar assignment to this, what was that, two weeks ago behind playing Marika. Should have won, really bungled the start, got back, held up in the straight, launched late to be beaten only just over a length on the line. Clint Johnson supporter has... Um, hopped off to ride come right back through his connections with at the Adam Durant camp but um, moderator loses nothing with Chris Parnham in the saddle I think with a patient ride and providing it's not a mad mad leaders or mad on pace program the way that moderate moderator is performing at the moment I reckon um, I reckon he's got the goods to to win this one what do you think Terry he's been a different horse these last two hasn't he hmm uh, he's one bloke who really will appreciate uh, the potential chop that we might see um, out of the ground as the day progresses with that rain that's uh, that's forecast to fall. So uh, the integral part, for as you said, is going to be ridden patiently. So you, we want to see a day where you can make some ground hopping to moderator. Yep. Probably going to look at playing it slightly differently, just from the just at that five six dollar mark. I don't really want to be getting into a horse that's going to be back near last, but um, I think come right back. I think he will progress through the grades. I don't know if I'm going one run early here with come right back. He's second up at the mile, but he has trialed twice, so he should have a nice fitness base. He's only missed a place once in his career, and that was last start, and that wasn't far from one of his better runs. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. is, and he's, he's really he's shown what type of galloper he is very early in his career. He's a tough galloper. Remember the day um, Pikey went a million lengths below benchmark uh, in a class one? He led the race, was headed, and just about ran the quickest last 200 of the race when not winning. It was actually a really poor steer from, from Pikey. He just went far too slow on a horse whose strength is toughness and being able to probably go along at a, at a nice tempo. So um, this speed map doesn't Park look... on leaders. Well, yeah, on, on that occasion, definitely, yeah, on that occasion. Mm. Um, on uh, This speed map looks great in regards... You've got Butterly Ladd, who should roll to the top, come right back, should roll across, and either jump on the back of Buddley Lad or could even hop out and breeze, may even kick up and try to lead um, Buddley Lad, pending the aggression from from both Clinton and Maddie on those two. But lands first two either way. And then you're talking a horse like Arnie's boy, who should get those, who should have probably won that playing Marika race as well, actually. like mm. Moderator should have won those. They were probably the two runs of the race um, you will find. Um but I just think if they roll forward, and you're talking a horse that's won three of seven to Arnie's boy, who's won three of 30-odd, three of 37. So, I mean, one of them's a winner. One's going to go through the grades. I think come right back. You've ridden correctly, and we're often going for home on the turn. We'll just be super, super, super hard to get past. And I'm going to um, I'm gonna speculate in that fashion, BJ. One, 
one, and I do want to mention who's come up a long way above my um, my price is Buddy Ladd. Uh, Fifty three and a half goes forward is the only real noted front running horse here. Um, will need to improve again from that second to Miss Marietta at Northern, but that was market improvement on a campaign. Love the fact that you're going to be on a leader here with minimal weight, who does also. Like some chop out of the ground. Fifth up here. Yeah, should be peaking. I don't think 31 bucks, $8.50 a place is the right price. Double my price, the 31 So pretty keen come right back. Marked $3.30, but I've marked Buddy Lad 15 So at 31s, we can have something on uh, on him too. Yep, very good. Yeah, you, you've got the speed map there spot on. It's, um, Buddy Lad is the interesting interesting runner, whether they, they attack and uh, and do find their way to the front. But regardless, if come right back and lead and control or even just follow Buddy Lad and get that, get into his slipstream, it's going to be in uh, A1 position. So I can see exactly where you're coming from there. Going to be fitter, second up, come right back as well. And uh, you imagine he's only going to get better with, with racing as the Adam Durant stayers often do. He's obviously a huge danger. But for me, I'm going to... I'm going to stick with moderator, obviously Arnie's boy and play Marika. They, you know, these sort of horses take it in turns in this grade. But uh, but yeah, moderator for me, come right back, a massive danger. The guru, come right back. But um, a bit of a speculation with Buddley Ladd, who is currently over the odds as far as his pricing is concerned. Could almost say it's in Maddie territory, BJ. Very good. That's okay. a that's a cracking type of Maddie as well. It's a horse that's going to roll forward, starting to peak in a campaign. May not be up to this level, um, but you're talking. This is a horse that's run second to Patristic's uh, last campaign in 68 pluses, and a third to the yeah. other run escapes me. But it's run races in, at a better level than this, and that was with Shelby Botel in the saddle, who doesn't claim. You're arguably getting a jockey upgrade and the three kilos, which I'm pretty big on. So, I think that's the the wrong price for the entire day. One of two. We'll get to the other one shortly. Uh, that's your wrong price for the day. It's nowhere near my top selection, but that's just about your best value bet of the day, I think. Yeah, I can see exactly where you're coming from there, Terry. He has run some. He did look like being. Saturday class, and he, he may very well get there. He's only just turned five, mm -hmm. only the 16 starts. So I'm picking up what you're putting down there with Budley Lad, Terry. So we'll see how that race pans out. Race seven, the Iron Jack handicap over 1,200 metres. Bit of emerging talent going around here. Is this deja vu? Deja vu, yeah. Well, seven days ago, we sat here and discussed Cliffs of Comfort versus Celebrity Queen. It's just one in, one out here, isn't it? Versus uh, Money Matters as well, yeah. Yep. Versus Money Matters as well. I've, yeah, I, with the weights the way it was, thought it was a, a two horse banger. But I mean, I, I'm at the exact same position again here. It's um, There are some really interesting runners with Pooley going around. Uh, Pooley's been great midweek, carrying big weights on cold rails. Um, I think breezing outside Cliffs of Comfort is going to be a different kettle of fish for the promising Darren Taylor gelding. But uh, no, look, I think this is a real a two horse race again, BJ. Happy putting a line completely through Eel Ways, who was. Really nice winner last start, but I felt the way that race was run, it was completely and utterly uh, set up for to him to go straight past them. The three leaders with the with the three kids on it all just chopped at each other, and they went a million above um, above benchmark. Riverboat didn't turn up, ran last, and uh, and special choice just plotted away to the line as we expected. So it really was your Ways's race. Um, I'm surprised they're backing up off a week up to the 1,200. Mm. thought they might have tried to keep him fresh for these 1,000-metre sprints. Um, and he probably doesn't really at, need to be taking on um, Long Beach and Cliffs of Comfort. No. I would, I would have thought next Saturday is probably an easier – oh, next Saturday is Kalgoorlie, isn't it? So, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that's probably that might be part of the thought process as yeah. well. But um, no, look for me, it's a real two horse race. I've got Cliffs of Comfort on top uh, again. Um, I'm not, I'm not, not with any, uh, not with any huge in- enthusiasm. But uh, I think if Cliffs of Comfort can get to the top and roll, it'll be super hard to get past. But Long Beach will be will be coming late. I uh, I found it very, very, very difficult to uh, to split the pair, and I, I think Long Beach will start. Your favourite people will. Um, the the money came big time against this Testia and, and Condor Heroes, and I, I can't see any reason the the money doesn't come again. Arguably, going to be a better horse at the twelve hundred than the one thousand meters as well. So, look, that'll be a Quinella. I'm nearly certain that'll be a Quinella. Which way they finish the market at about two fifty three thirty looks about right. There was some threes and four forty this morning, which I thought was a good little double play, a boring one, but uh, yeah. a good little double play for a race. I really can't see the winner coming from outside those two. Quinella, probably BJ. I'm, go- I'm going the opposite. I am very keen Long Beach. Mm, I thought you might be. I was even money Long Beach. And um, I see opened up locally, Bradbet, $3. Yeah, I just thought that. They're both four-year-olds going places. Who's better, Long Beach or Celebrity Queen? Uh, let's see. I think Long Beach is a better horse than Celebrity Queen. Yeah. His last three wins have all been, like even that, the day he defeated... Nero Dio over 1,200 metres. First up, that was just super. Then he um, sprouted wings to knock off Silken Eyes over coming back to the 1,000. Thought that was a significant performance. And the other day, he just gobbled up Gondor Heroes and this will test you and sort of it was quite a soft win on the line, if you know what I mean. And um, just that speed, that this, this closing speed this horse possesses from three, Chris Parnham, I guess can try it. Doesn't, he's probably going to have about Four or five behind him, I, I would say. Minus looks rationale spilling over. Long Beach probably has more gate speed than Celebrity yeah. Queen as well. So it's not it's not an impossibility. I remember Long Beach won with Peter Hall and Saddle on his maiden sitting yes. on the back of yep. the um of the leaders in a reasonably run affair. So it's not actually impossible that Long Beach can um can posse up. Uh, in a far handier position. I mean, the one, the, the big danger you, you've always got with a horse taking a sit with a really, really strong front runner in Cliffs of Comfort is just those traffic issues. Celebrity Queen got the perfect run. Such a calm, such a calm ride. And, and the ride last night on Long Beach too was such a calm ride by Chris Parnham. Like a lot of jockeys would have been desperate and off and going, but he just, he's starting to learn the quality he has underneath him with some of these uh, Peter's Investments runners. So you're really not losing. You're not losing anything with Pike not being in the saddle with the way Chris. He's just sort of working out how much they've got to give if you just leave them alone. <laughs> you know, yep. just put them to sleep, let them travel, conserve, and the way that they're trained, they're just they're just machine like the way that they that the closing speed that these horses possess. So I just think um, he's yeah he's riding like a real ice man at the moment. Chris Parnham, very cool, calm, collected. Long Beach is going to be standing a very fast horse in Cliffs of Comfort, a head start on straightening. I'm convinced Long Beach is um, is going to get over the top of him again and in a similar fashion to Celebrity Queen did last Saturday, but potentially even um, even more decisively. Entering the Piers is a feeling running in a couple of – they've got a, a, super, a, a potential – Real, really sharp sprinter um, who's going to be able to lead them along. Usually just these races are shot to bits, these 66, 72 pluses for a sprinter that's getting in on the minimum that can roll like Cliffs of Comfort does and you're running into Celebrity Queen and Long Beach on uh, consecutive weeks. It'd be 
stiff. Yeah, yeah. I, I would suspect that the Pierce brothers will be keen to get Cliffs of Comfort back to Ascot as well, especially, uh, mm. you know, lightning fast Ascot track with uh, suitable conditions. They Easterly. probably railing, probably won't see which way he goes. But at Belmont, it's a different yeah. setup, longer straight, and um, Long Beach is just going to have. Clips of comforts in his sights, and uh, yeah, I reckon he's going to mow him down late. Eor ways and position of power are probably going to fight fight things out for for third and fourth. Interesting watch on the Victorian import, living the dream. Lindsay Smith did have some good performances at uh, at listed level in um, in Melbourne in 2019. Uh, lost his way a bit. In his only 2020 preparation, but um, keep an eye out to see see that see what that horse does moving forward. And um, Paulie and Rationale have terrific recent form and recent records, but uh, geez, they've run into a hot hot couple of horses here, hot, hot trio really in Long Beach, Cliffs of Comfort, and E Always. And Paulie and Rationale, uh, they'll be doing well to finishing top four in this race, I'd say. Wouldn't be surprised to see Rationale come out as well. The Apprentice on with the low weight from ten against two good ones. I don't know what the especially downing trip. I think there might be better options coming up for uh, for rationale than this race. I agree. Day. I agree. But yeah, looking forward to this one. It's a uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be another ripper. Long Beach versus Cliffs mm-hmm. of Comfort head to head. Exactly right. Now this is the race. This is the race, Terry, the one that we've all been waiting for. What a what a belter. Black the, the very first rounding of the Black Art Bart Stakes, formerly the Birthday Stakes, listed 1,200 metre, set weights and penalties contest, absolute ripper. And um, yeah, wow, we got Vital Silver, Free Trade, Massimo, Cup Knight, Red Can Man, uh, Stage Man returning, hasn't been seen in 2020 just yet, as, as, as well as uh, a, a very strong supporting cast. Uh, this is uh, opinions will be. <laughs> you're over. What you? You're opinions will be divided. I'm so thrilled that this race has has attracted such a such a cracking lineup. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I I ended up I ended up settling <laughs> on um, broke my heart, but I ended up settling on Vital Silver. I found it very hard to look past him. He looks so suited at the at the weights under the set weights and penalties conditions. SWP. from mm. gate four. Peter Hall has so many. So many options for this fellow. Um, was super returning over an unsuitable, I feel, unsuitable 1,000 metres with 62 kgs, was brave in defeat. He's got two Group 1 placings, weight for age 1,200 metres, one in Victoria, one in last year's Winterbottom Stakes. You think that he's the superior 1,200-metre horse in Western Australia. How are they going to beat him? Well, exactly right. I think it's mainly going to be bad luck that probably gets him beaten here. Vital silver strength, um, as we saw, especially in that Manicado, is his toughness, uh, whether it's racing over the speed and being hard to get past against a horse like Galaxy Star um, or whether it was that, that, that run at Mooney Valley. Um, where Benny Mellon had him wide and deep and last throughout. It was just, just incredible that he kept on coming and coming and coming. So I think I think the key for, for Peter Hall here is to not get um, – and not get bottled away. You'd love to think that he can hold the outside of Massimo. This is I, my notes for this race, BJ, are, are about fourteen <laughs> pages long, and no one reads my notes besides me. It's just I just loved I loved doing this race. I just loved loved doing this race. Um, and I must be honest, we absolutely murdered the eight seven eight dollars vital silver across the traps yesterday. Whatever we could get on, that was a um, that was just an absolute. Not a gift because this is such a competitive race, but that was a hundred percent incorrect. Um, but look. 
from a speed map point of view, um, I am relatively confident we will see, and just 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 jump in if you've got any different uh, thoughts mm-hmm. here. Uh, relatively confident we will see um, Flower of War lead them up. I think Red Can Man will work to the breeze. Now, if I was in charge of free trade tactically, I would say look at your two wins in the Pinjara and the Bunbury Sprints, or the Classics, and those two wins were at a, at a good tempo, breezing, and just making the rest of the horses look poor. I think free trade's a better horse without cover, ridden hard, ridden aggressively. Let's run him into the ground type thing. So I would be saying keep Red Can Man out deep um, if if he can't tuck in. But I suspect I suspect they'll be happy to hand up on free trade and look for a spot somewhere near the 1-1 one, one with Red Can Man coming across and breezing um, outside of Flower of War. That leaves Massimo probably on the back of Flower of War. It leaves Vital Silver. Probably leaves Vital Silver on the back of um, free trade. Three back type thing, um, and then the rest will sort of sort themselves out from there. Stage man, maybe, on the back of Vital Silver type thing. How did that go? Something like yours? Uh, I was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see them be super aggressive with Vital Silver, ride him like the best horse in the race. I, I think they'll have intentions of wanting to be very aggressive. Vital Silver hasn't stepped tremendously in some recent outings. It's more so in Melbourne, actually. So maybe that's just a, a trait of his, which we're seeing um, on the other side of the Nullarbor. But I, I 100% think they will, will, will want to be as forward as possible yeah. with Vital Silver. It's just how, just how forward he can be. I, I think he might even be able to lead if they want. He breezed in the in the winter bottom and ran second to, mm-hmm. to Haydock. He's, um, he's breezed in a Roma Cup. And one, I think I don't know whether that was particularly yep. fast that Roma Cup. But anyway, um, he used Small to be a, he used field, to be a leader yeah. early. Uh, that map that you said uh, being a being tied up with Steve Wolf Racing and um, being a part of that situation, obviously um, Red Cam Man, probably my, my favourite horse in the world. That your map suits suits uh, me from that perspective. Uh, but down to the ground, yeah. I, I just I'm just. Thinking that Vital Silver, they'll they'll look to take luck out of the equation and just be either super positive, either rail in front, or are we going to see an aggressive ride on Red Can Man? Uh, I'd, I'd. Do you think there? Do you think there'd be a thought process in in taking a snick from eleven? I'd hope not, uh, but there's no secret that the railway stakes is his grand final. But there are two suitable 400 meter races coming up at Ascot, being the Northerly Stakes and the Listia Stakes. So there is a process to go through in order to get to the railway. How much do you want to win a birthday stakes? I'm, I'm not privy to that that kind of information, but I'm assuming that they'll just ride him like the good horse that he is, push forward. That's his strength, isn't it? Tough. Yeah, ridden tough, uh, especially on a, mm-hmm. on a strong tempo, which you imagine is the way that it's going to play out. Hopefully the track's playing fast on the day because that means that they'll be setting a cracking tempo and um, the best horse – Best horses should come to the fore, rather. But yeah, my my thoughts were that Vital Silver either leads or um, allows itself to get crossed by Flower of War, um, and then sort of just pops off and maybe breezes. Um, Massimo goes forward, Free Trade goes forward, Red Can Man goes forward. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with Dance Music. I'm not sure what happened first up with her, but um, I'm suspecting she might land midfield. But the the pressure is going to be on early. I think they'd like to go forward. It's just whether again, I think with a lot of these, they'd, they'd love to land forward. I'm sure with Vital Silver as well, they'd love to land in front. Yeah. And um, tell you one thing, when when you when you call a map on the podcast, page, I don't you just don't get them wrong. <laughs> you're, uh, you're 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 like you're like Captain Cook. Yeah, yeah. So what do you? Yeah, this is you should you should be in cartography. This this the first 
400, the first section of this race is going to be fascinating viewing to, to see. Um, to, and it's just going to be all important, the start and the uh, the, the jostling for positions. Because don't forget, this is the starting point for a lot of horses' campaigns and a lot of these horses will be eyeing off races like the Winterbottom and potentially the railway stakes as well. So what does the birthday stakes mean and um, and how much do they really want to win it? Exactly right. And we know, we know Vital Silver's had that warm-up run. Yep. We know Vital, I think Vital Silver is the one that will be really probably peaking yep. um, for this type of outing. Interesting with Stage Man. Stage Man was a, I think the Winterbottom was an afterthought campaign because he went into the Winterbottom about 10th up. Yep. Um, roughly last campaign. So this this is more of a, we see the Peters horses off the scene for a long period of time because they're aimed at a race. Stage Man is coming back purely to race in a um, probably in a winter bottom fourth up roughly I would say. Um, so I my, my gut tells me Stage Man won't be fully wound up here. Might need a run or two to bring to his top. Difficult ride as well. Um, with no with no W Pike on a get back horse in a in a high quality um, sprint affair. But let me just give you one other map. They're all aggressive. Red Cam Man leads up a three wide line. Rail's a bit questionable. It's a wetter day. Do you know who I don't think is impossible here to sprint incredibly well? Fresh. It would need a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Probably just one more time. A lot would need to go right, um, but I don't think Media Baron's impossible here, BJ. Oof. Now that might that might sound that might sound a little bit mad, a little bit a little bit wild. I think I think Media Baron's about twenty bucks the place at the minute. 80, 80 90 bucks the win. Eighty one dollars around the traps. Eighty one dollars. Eighty one dollars. I've I've marked Media Baron closer to twenty odd dollars. So I don't I don't think Media Baron's a good thing. But I, I just Media Baron should have won his last seven. You look at his first up run last campaign, albeit against Serenity Bay and and not against these type of horses, but his first up run last campaign over the, the sprinting journey, Chloe didn't get stuck in into the final 100 metres and he absolutely belted the line. Second up, he's come out in a race. They've absolutely, I think they've gone at seven or eight above bench and over the 1,400, not the 12, obviously. Um, but he, he's, he's beat the field like they were standing still. I think Media Baron's seriously, seriously, seriously turned a corner. I think what we'll more see here is, is a flashing run into fifth or sixth. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. most likely outcome here with Media Baron. But I, there is a map, a three-wide line with a strong horse like Red Can Man leading it up. Um, flout, like from There is a chance Vital Silver could find trouble. From Barrier 4 with speed coming across, he could be between horses. And I don't, as I said, I don't think Vital Silver is a pick-up and sprint horse. Um, we want Vital Silver off and rolling. Leading would be great. Breezing would be great. Getting to the outside as soon as possible would be great but there is a map and there is a world that if media baron can tack on early and be close enough on the turn um there is a world i can see media baron coming down the middle of the track and winning at 100 to 1 well, so, what price what price that um, fair anything well yeah they're probably i don't know if they've made numbers that big have they <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, I'm I'm very much with you with Vital Silver. Um, I've I've I haven't missed it. I've marked Vital Silver three dollars sixty, so the four fifty plus around is still enough for me. But um, I'm going to be definitely definitely having something on Media Baron BJ. Crazy, that's insanity mm. from the Guru. But Wild. you heard it here first Wild. on the one one, not the one out one back. The one one, your WA Racing podcast, Media Baron from the Guru. What's the one out one back? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Come not on, that. Come on. Definitely Come not on, that. Now, uh, I just feel there's a Vital Silver, there's probably only like three or four races on the WA calendar that Vital Silver can win because of his mm. rating, if you know what I mean. Like, this is a perfect race for him. 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties. There's a 111 rater um, getting in with 50. Oh, it's a, it's a gift, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's a gift. It's this. Yeah, it's 100%. It's this, gift. the winner bottom in the Roma Cup. This is chips in vital silver for the Pierce brothers like that. When was the last time he won a race? Um, 
Galaxy Star, Roma Cup, one since then, has he? He hasn't raced very often this horse, so no, he hasn't. Well, as you said, that it's it's he's sort of now as a hundred and eleven rider, yep. you've got to really target yep. him. It's, it's wait for age or set. SWP only, yep. really. So, um, but geez, he's yeah, he's absolutely thrown in here. When the, when the markets went up and we saw that that seven eight bucks, that was well in Brad Bet's defence, it was he did go up shorter, but they, they adjusted it out. That was um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a Harry Howler that one. That was thirty <laughs> metres out straight in front, it's gone out in the full. So Harry Howler, yeah, a bit of a Harry Howler. So yeah, hopefully Volta Silver gets the chocolates or gets done on the line by Media Baron. Probably make me unbearable oh. for the next four months, I reckon, if that happened to occur. But mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I really hope the Pierces can uh, can get success here, and I really hope they can get their first Group One this year in the Winter Bottom with him as well. Okay, yeah. So this, you know, I just feel as though with the the suitable weight conditions, the quality first up performance, the good draw, it's going to take something significant, significant to knock off Vital Silver. So where where's that significant performance going to come from? Is it going to come from Stage Man? Is it going to come from Red Can Man? Can Massimo maintain the rage he's flying or will he head to Kalgoorlie as well? So many variables. But for me, Group 1 performer, he's established, he's got the score on the board, Vital Silver. You know, like it's yeah, it's his race to lose as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, if if Red Cam Man does happen to to get up, um, then uh, I'll be celebrating as well. I'm with you, complete and utter standout, Vital Silver. What mark did you have, Vital? Silver? I was four dollars, Vital Silver. Actually, did you have a three in front of yours? Yeah, three and a half, yep. and I actually had it uh, lower than that. I adjusted out. I had Red Cam Man close to eight nine bucks, and I actually wound that in just on. It was probably that trial. I still wasn't big on the trial, but the winkers weren't on in the trial. So if if the map does eventuate, as I've um. As I've got it down, Red Cam Man's probably got the scope. Yeah. Um, to imp- I know that Vital Silver's got the points on, but Red Cam Man's probably got the scope. So I, I wound Red Cam Man into um into six bucks, and and Vital Silver went out to three fifty three sixty in my market. But if like Red Cam's off and rolling, Vital Silver's bottled up. That's that's his chance. But I don't know whether mm-hmm. Hawley and the Pierce brothers will want to take that risk. Keep him. No, they, they won't yeah. want to. But just with the speed coming across from out they wide, it can, you choice, can be a victim yeah. of circumstances at times. Yeah, ex- exactly mm-hmm. right. There's a million different ways this um this race could end up. Panning out, and one of those million is Media Baron storming down the middle of the track. Before we before we finish the uh, the inaugural Black Art Bart, say, what have you? Yes. I'm intrigued to to know what have you made of free trade? He was he was mm. put in a poor one, poor. a first up when he was uh, odds on pot, and then he sort of he fell in after having every conceivable flow almost gunned him down in the wait for age idyllic prince stakes. I mean, he won and he got the job done, and that was great. But I don't know, like he's. I don't know. Is is he is he is he exactly where they want him to be, or is he building? Oh, I just don't know if they've got him to that level he was when he was winning Pinjara and Bunbury Classics. As I said, I'd like to see him ridden aggressively. Yep. I'd like to say, here we go, we're going to roll. But with the fifty-eight and a half, he's he's not well in here. Um, he's really really poorly in in this race, and half the reason I came around to him, Addy, of the of the likes of Media Baron is if Floyd Free Trade was a second favorite for a long period now. Now. About on the fourth line, but just just behind me. You're talking four dollars fifty vital silver, six bucks free trade. Just behind it, favoritism wise. Um, and you're talking a horse like Flo, nearly ran down free trade, and with a bit more luck earlier in the straight, probably, probably would wins, yeah. have run down free yeah. trade. I think a horse like Media Baron can can finish sharper than Flo over that journey. And you, if you're going to have free trade that firmly in the market, that's what makes a horse like Media Baron not not an impossibility here. But I think free trade. I want to see free trade ridden super aggressively, and I, I don't know if we're going to um we're going to get that yet. They're sort of umming and ahhing still whether it's a railway or a um uh, a winter bottom horse. So definitely has the ability. Go back to those Pinjar and Bunbury Classic victories and follow that blueprint. Mm. That's what I would say. Okay, and yeah, just recapping that 
we're expecting, we're anticipating a nomination for Massimo in the Hannans handicap as well. So they yeah. come out tomorrow afternoon. So keep an eye out for scratchings. Massimo may be in, but he may be out. Absolute incredible race, the Blackheart Bart Stakes. Can't wait. Now, what time is it, Terry? It's time for the uh, the Get Out Stakes, BJ. It's S T E A K S. Isn't have you seen the Twitter handle, the Get Out Stakes? Yes. <laughs> What's going on? Is someone is someone nicking all of our stuff? Are we copywriting any of this? Or we need to. It's we need to stuff, isn't it? Get out stakes. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. I did see that. Oh. Yeah, that was brought to my attention. So yeah, we're, we're obviously doing some good work here at the uh, at the one. <laughs> um, yes, it's get out stakes time. Extremely popular Twitter based competition brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannyvale Markets, Bannister Road. In County Vale, Timmy Hewitt, he runs the show. Swing pass, say g'day. Timmy will take care of you. Actually, Timmy's partner, Sky, is a uh, has a share in the uh, the champ, Man Booker, and I'm led to believe that Man Booker mm. is not far away from returning to the races as well. So he's had his share of problems, but he also has – um, he certainly has his share of abilities. So hopefully we can see Man Booker return to the races during the Ascot Spring Carnival. But Timmy Hewitt, drop in, say g'day. He'll take care of you. Him and his team do a terrific job there out there at Market City Meets. So congratulations. You, was this one of your men, Terry? Congratulations to Kent Burton. Mm, yeah, the the big the big wet. I was actually best man at his wedding, so there might need to be a steward's inquiry into this one. But uh, no, big wet was pretty uh, pretty happy with himself when he jagged the uh, the set of stakes. So it's a bit of a tight ass, uh, the big fella. So um, no, it's 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 good to uh, good to see the big fella jaggy's jaggy's meat. Kent Burton. He went within zero point zero one lengths of the official winning margin for Bonneville Black last Saturday. So. Yeah, that was uh, very close to being exactly spot on the money. So well done, Kent. Hopefully you enjoy those succulent steaks from Market City Meats. Now, to enter this week's edition of the Get Out Steaks, which is race nine at Belmont on Saturday, please let us know who you think will win, uh, what horse will win, and a decimal winning margin, two decimal points preferred. Send that to at the11pod on Twitter, and then you'll be in the running for a, a gourmet beef package from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. So remembering the Sam White rule, first in, best dressed. Terry? Mm, wonder if I'll get the invite round to share in the uh, the little meat pack. As, as it hasn't come yet, so I might not they be. They might actually. all be gone already. You might have um, might have got stuck in. Yeah, they would be. He has his steaks. How about this? So this is how he has his steaks, right? Well done, no sauce. Well done, no sauce. What's your thoughts on that? Um no, and I, and I don't think he has pineapple with him. Either. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, well done. No, so no, that's not really mm. my my cup of tea. But um, no. no, each no, no. to their own when it comes to steaks. But he wouldn't want to be giving this the gourmet stuff the well done no sauce treatment. Surely, Kent. Come on, mate. No, you better you better off get you better off getting the uh, if you're going to do that, just go grab a body a rump or a blade steak <laughs> or something, or just go get a dead squirrel <laughs> off the road somewhere and lob it on the uh, lob it on the grill. No, I'd be very very flat if I find out this was uh, this was eaten. Uh, well done. We need to do some digging to find out exactly what Kent's strategy mm. is because you can't mess around with these things. Like mm. this is this is the real deal. Yeah. So, but uh, congratulations, mate. Enjoy race nine of the day. Here we go. We're off to crown again. Ooh, the Crown Perth Handicap, 1,200 metres. Graduation looks a tough one to finish Black Art Bart Stakes Day. I don't reckon it does, actually. I, I don't reckon this does look a tough one. I reckon the winner just it just stands out like a beacon, just like a flashing, 
Light, and I reckon, uh, I reckon that uh, is Don is good here, BJ. I think, uh, I think Don's legacy has a uh, a map you can only dream about in a sixteen horse, twelve uh, hundred meter race. Is there any other speed? Have you got anything taking Don's legacy on for the top here, BJ? No, the only other horse I thought who could who potentially can begin well and race on speed is the stable mate, Machine I Miss, but she hasn't really been jumping lately, so. No, she hasn't been. She was actually a huge last start machine. Yeah. Miss, missed the kick, yeah. worked into a spot. Um, it was actually a really nice ride from Chrissy Graham and uh, worked into a spot and actually found the line really nicely. Mm. Uh, probably with the work she did earlier, was entitled to, to give up the ghost a little bit. So she is definitely one um, who can uh, race on speed, but geez, no, she can't. Um, she simply just can't get out the gates. But look, Don's legacy for me is, is a real simple selection and it is a very map orientated. Don's legacy is still the only horse that Chris Graham's won on since his suspension. So... Maybe give that win uh, over Bedouin Bell to start to go a little bit more um, credit than it uh, has on paper. But uh, the effort against uh, the really good ones last start, um, when having to take a sit because you had horses like We've Got Dreams, uh, Cliffs of Comfort, Me, Adolce. So Don's Legacy was never going to be able to lead those. But I thought Don's Legacy hit the line just as well yeah, as a good run. Yep. the majority yep. of them. So um, look back to this this type of grade with the claim. Interesting that Christie's riding for David all day and Christie doesn't have this ride. Isn't, that just, isn't this just an odd appointment? I don't understand why Christie Bennett wouldn't be the one in the saddle here. It, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me, but... I'm sure the, there is the a reason. Chopping, the chopping and changing of riders was one of the things that put me off Don's legacy, actually. Joe has a party first up, Chris Graham second up, Christy Bennett third up. Now we're going to Bo Benevic Edwards. I would like to, I'm sure the instructions would be just jump, run, rail, bow, and off you yep. go. So, yep. um, look, I, I, I've i marked Don's legacy four bucks knowing that it would be significantly longer. Um, not necessarily significantly, but I, I'm expecting Don's legacy to be long, but there isn't much else in this race. Point, ta- point taken. Lucky Linda Lulu both look to map really nicely. Rebel Knight is a really, really nice racehorse returning off 301 days. Trial was good against some good ones. Um, makes sense in this race, but there isn't there isn't much here. We need to talk about expressionists, don't we? We do need to talk about. I see that's that's how my market looks. I've never got expressionist in me first uh, in me first six. So expressionist is not a Maddie Derrick horse. Said this with Bogart quite passionately yesterday. And expressionist is not a Maddie Derrick horse. Um, a horse that needs to be livened up. Uh, gets out of the ground late. Hits the line hard over the the twelve hundred meters. It's also funny. I just want to mention with the futures markets are out now. Expressionist is in the the railway markets, but horses like Inspirational Girl and Western Pride aren't. Yeah. Quite. Um, <laughs> It's quite interesting whoever's done someone that. Must have, someone up. must have rung up for a quote. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, oh, potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. I didn't think about that. But um, no, Expressionist for me is just a complete- I, I wasn't, um, Expressionist was like the same price as Cup Night at one stage, which I found yes, quite incredible. Yes, certainly was. Yeah, it's, it was a very odd odd one to include in the list. Um, but no, I'm, I'm going to be taking on Expressionist. No doubt that Expressionist is the best horse in this race, but um, the best horses often don't win the races because of the conditions and whatnot. Do not understand with the 58. What's the thought process here claiming? with the with the booking? Like why? Um, God. I can't answer that. Chris Parnham's on the other. Yeah, the other runner. So would that mean that Devoted Star is the one that they're leaning to in that sense? I'm sure that Clint Johnston Porter would have ridden Expressionist. He's on Massa Mac here, who will be a thousand to one. So I have no doubt that Clint would have ridden if offered that ride. Um, put put Chris but, Parnham on Expressionist. It's it's almost a good thing in this race. It's just. It's just, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It would have been would have been very difficult to beat. The mm-hmm. price would well, my price would be cut 
by about Slashed. a quarter. Um, yeah. yeah, it would probably be. Yeah, I've, as I said, I've got expressionist out the door. I've got a, a, a silly price probably, but um, no, I'm I'm just going to go with the map horse here. Really happy with Don's legacy. Gets to the front. We're talking eight nine bucks. Um, I'm pretty sure for Donald at the minute, and that's um, that's ample for me to make this one of my better bets of the day. Good, yeah. It was getting late when I attacked <laughs> when I attacked this oh, race last night. I did this Guru. at about I did this at about one thirty. Yeah, this yeah, morning, I was, yeah. I was this a, was very similar late. similar range. So my um my head was uh I was I was beaten I was beaten by this stage <laughs> of the day. But uh, I just uh I just stuck with Rebel Night flies fresh. Darren McAuliffe can't do a lot wrong at the moment with his runners. They're flying. Mitchie Pateman's a good booking. I just think that uh, I like that. They let him let up in in a trial behind stage man at Lark Hill on September 7th. They had a good blowout there from a you know midfield. Do no work if you can get a nice sort of slingshot into the race. Rebel Knight has significant closing speed and he can uh, he can make things very interesting late. I expect him to be hitting the line with a full head of steam and I'm expecting him to be very very hard to beat. Expressionist obviously goes good. Tough steer for Maddie Derrick. They've really challenged her on the day and um, this is going to be a fascination on the day just to see how Maddie how, she's got some terrific rides but not not all um, suitable I suppose in, in, a, in a way so um, this is going to be terrific for, for her development hopefully um, and if she happens to, to, to steer Expressionist to, to victory from a sticky draw off a let up then that's a pretty good effort from, from this very promising three kilo claiming apprentice but happy to take her on. Point taken, lucky Linda Lulu, racing well, in form, map to advantage again and um, so they're, they're obviously have to be considered major players as well. Um, outside of them I can see exactly where Terry's going with Don's legacy straight to the front, BBE, and um, see you back in the showers. And what's happened to Lactar? Has Lactar got time? He must have time. I, think, riding- he, I think so because he's not riding our mate. Um, it's a real Lactar horse, isn't it? Denim pack. So I think I think Lactar might be serving a, uh, a little suspension. bit of a suspension. Mm. So no Lactar, but uh, our man, Magic Mike Santich, is saddling up last start winner denim pack in uh, in the get-out stakes. So can never be underestimated anything he takes to the races, Magic Mike. But um, but for me, I'm going with Rebel Knight on top. Jeez, Rebel Knight cost us a few bucks last campaign, um, didn't he? Yeah, Pretty he stiff did. from memory on both occasions. Um, yeah, I think Pikey didn't especially, ride, uh, especially second up behind Guns of Nav. Probably should have won conservatively by 99 yeah. lengths that day. So, yep. um. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I might have absolutely sooked it after that one as well. <laughs> 30th of November, I reckon I was on course, absolutely sooking like a little Just seething, seething. Oh, whatever, yeah, 100%. So. <laughs> He's definitely the uh, the class runner here, old, old Rebel Knight. It's just uh, whether he can handle the weight first up but so uh, one thing that this yard does better than anyone um maybe alongside grant nalana is um getting horses to perform off long breaks yeah they're just really rocking and rolling at the moment aren't they uh impressive mm-hmm. racing doing a terrific job with uh with their team that another winner yesterday with shake it making it two from two so that's the way i'm going in the last i'm going rebel knight the guru pretty keen where are we don's legacy is don is good don's legacy yeah win win only win only off the 28 days i just if he gets caught they might all catch him basically so i don't think we need to go each way even if we're getting double figures we just want to have all of the plonk on the win with donald okay terry it's time for our betfair best betting proposition of the day our betfair best of the day what have you come up with, Guru? Uh, it's a bit of a ding-donger 
this week. Um, between come right back, as I said, I'm, I'm really confident come right back will win the race if ridden correctly and ridden for its uh, ridden to its strengths. And Vital Silver, as we touched on, I, I more just want to speak about that race. Well, Vital Silver is just absolutely thrown in, BJ. So, um, Come right back. Come right back. Yeah, I, I was pretty keen to lock in Vital Silver as well, but I've ended up siding with Long Beach. I uh, I marked him even money. Uh, Cliffs of Comfort in the race has allowed him to be a little bit better than that, as well as Eeyore Ways and a couple of others sort of grabbing some of the percentage of the market as well. I think Long Beach is destined for bigger and better. I think he'll be winning. Long Beach is my bet fair best. A chance of uh, really progressing into a winter bottom this campaign, or is that uh, uh, a bit ambitious? I don't know. We didn't think no, that. I we don't... didn't think that was Stage Man last year. And so while Stage Man didn't win it, Stage Man was probably the unluckiest horse, not just in the winter bottom, but the majority of the lead up runs to the winter bottom too. Yeah, you can't really put a ceiling on these type of horses, can you? No, like he hasn't really, can. he hasn't ha- hasn't raced much. Uh, he just. He took care of business last start, as he's done all season, um, or sorry, all preparation rather. So yeah, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised to see him elevate even further and, and progress into a couple of winter bottom stakes, lead up races, and if he goes well there, then he'll he'll earn his uh, he'll earn his opportunity at the big weight for age group one. Now, Maddie, for all our listeners, we uh, every week we throw out a Maddie and uh, long shot twenty to one. That's twenty one dollars plus. Terry, um, you came up with long uh, throwdown. Sorry, last Saturday, who snuck home into third place in the last of the day. Can you repeat the dose for the one-one faithful? We'll go. We'll go a double up this week. I feel like I've mentioned oh. a couple. And the funny thing is, they're in the same two races as my two best, so it feels a bit. Uh, yeah, it's not not the way we we'd, we'd want it to be. Like them to be in different races, but at the prices they are, we're not going to need a huge amount on. Butterly lad rolls fifty three and a half, thirty one bucks. Very happy with that price. Media Baron triple figures in the feature. If everything goes to plan, crazier things have happened. So uh, Butterly lad, Media Baron, you get two this week. Added added bonus there from mm. uh, <laughs> just a little. Bonus Maddie there for the listeners. So, cherry on top. <laughs> my my Maddie comes up in the Get Out Stakes race nine. Is horse number ten Beffenjar. Currently, you can, I think you can get thirty one, thirty four dollars at the moment. Went ordinary first up, uh, but is a lot better than that. Has form around Levitate. Knocked off Santa Brianna at Ascot in December last year. Was a $20 chance in a red-hot Magic Millions at Pinjarra uh, last February. Has a bit of class about her. Does Befunjar. Expecting sharp improvement second up, and I reckon she's over, currently over the odds in a, in a wide-open race. If you can get $30 or $40 Befunjar, then I think that's madness. Would need to improve, but uh, top-end form, easily good enough. Easily good enough, yes. So hopefully Neville Parnham can uh, can get can click her into gear and she can uh, she can elevate second up. All right, that brings our preview to a close.